This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly broadcast with Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor X, how are we doing? Good, Tony. How about yourself? Good. Y'all ready for September? That's it. <laughs> Summer's over. This is it. Back and, to school. Yeah. With us in the studio, our production engineer, Jonathan Moran. Everyone, Duran. this is 207, episode 207. Amen. By God's grace. And Pastor Sam Trotto helping us with video. Pastor X, we're going to spend some time today again talking over characters of the scripture. This, this time, uh, Israel, uh, Jacob. Jacob. The, the heel catcher from the book yeah. of Genesis. And uh, it's pretty fascinating, Pastor X. I mean, uh, in many of the characters of the Old Testament, we see aspects of our own character and failings yeah. in their lives that God uses in a powerful way. Sure. Well, again, every, every person that God uses is human, therefore sinful, some more than others. Uh, but Jacob is used as an illustration of, of two individuals, one who is going to walk in his own might and everything until he's broken submissive to God, and then God will use him. Uh, he's one of the patriarchs, one yeah. of the three patriarchs. But nevertheless, God always, uh, as has been said, paints um, his people with warts and all. He doesn't doctor them up. And he does that for our learning. That's so encouraging. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard for instance, just comes to mind uh, Muslims yeah. who, when they sit down and read the Bible, they've been told all these terrible things about it and give horror stories, yeah. et cetera. But when they sit down and actually read through the scripture, they say, you know, if this is not possible that Jewish people wrote this yeah. because it portrays them so honestly, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's, that's so encouraging. Yeah. I, so Jacob covers a lot of ground in the book of Genesis. Yeah, he's found uh, in about 19 chapters of Genesis, okay. beginning with chapter 25. And so um, he covers a lot of ground. He covers um, um, interesting events to reveal his sinful character. And um, sowing and reaping, as we'll see also. Yeah. Um, and then God's uh, blessing in spite of him, but never in a permissive way or a way that God would wink at his sin. God does the same with us. God is there to forgive us, but he doesn't um, wink at our sin, nor does he become part of our sin. We need to deal with our sin, acknowledging it, confessing it, and abandoning it. And sometimes God's mercy allows us to escape some of those consequences, Amen. but not altogether. Mm -hmm. To what degree, only God knows, and depending which way we have messed up. It's kind of amazing how the Lord navigates our lives for the purpose of correction right that he he allows the consequences that we need that will uh, correct us that right. will redirect us and guide us and but often at least you see in the lives of believers things that could have happened that would be very destructive the lord protects us from yeah. in many places yeah. and i imagine that's one of the things about the patriarchs that's what we sure and again guys. he began you go back all the way to adam it begins with yes. adam yeah Adam had everything. He could have had everything. The human race would have been completely different, but he chose to disobey. And though there was forgiveness, there was great consequences yes. because sin and death entered in by one man, Romans 5.12. And it affected the whole nation. I mean, the whole world. Everybody. 
And so the same with us. No one sins to himself. No man's an island. Um, whatever I do affects other people. Amen. Whether it be directly and indirectly, whether it be short-term or long-term, um, this is the human race. And the only way to resolve any type of uh, transgression against you, any ill will or action, is to come to the place of forgiving. Mm -hmm. Because if not, then you become bitter and hard and resentful and uh, sarcastic. And yeah. um, then you have a bleak uh, outlook of life. And we see that in people in the sure, world every all day. all the time. That's what happens, you know. All the time. What, what do you, you get bitter or you get better. Yeah, that's it. Those are the choices. That's it. So now, like his father Isaac, Jacob is kind of a miracle in his birth from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, his mom realized something's going on here. <laughs> right. In Genesis 25, 20 and 21, um, it was due to intercession. Okay. You know what I mean? Isaac was uh, his father who was uh, uh, married to Rebecca, as we know, his mother. Uh, 20 years before Jacob was born. And uh, Rebekah was um, the sister of Laban in Syria. Right. Remember that Abraham sent his uh, servant Eliezer to go get one, not to marry someone of the heathen women of the land. And so Isaac pleaded with the Lord for Rebekah's barrenness. And it's interesting that all the wives of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were all barren. It was God's direct intervention to bring about the promise that he brought He's forth. trying to make a point. Right. <laughs> He's in control. Amen. God gives children. Yes. Uh, we certainly have the ability to create a human being uh, once we're married, or if people aren't married, they get into sexual relationship with other people, and, yeah. um, and they have a baby. Yeah. But looking at that baby, if we think that we're something, no, God has given us the ability and capacity yeah. to do that. But he's the one that put the whole mechanism together. The human body and the, the DNA, the whole mitochondria, everything is just yeah. incredible. That's God's doing. And so God is the one who gives it. We've had people, um, uh, women that have been barren uh, and uh, they've gone to doctors and they've tried different procedures and that and Nothing resulted, and, and, and uh, we pray for them, and they've gotten pregnant. They've had Amen. children. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but we have had that. Yeah. And so we, we go to the Lord, the one who gives children. Amen. And, and you've you got to think that in that process, the Lord wants people to have a, a recognition of his involvement. Yeah. As they, when you have a child, you better have a different perspective. Right, right. It's right. not just about you. Yeah, and his birth, again, is prophetic. Um, her condition was uh, of great discomfort there in Genesis 25, 22 through 24. Okay. You know, she's going to go to the Lord. Lord, what's going on? And uh, she had twins in her womb. And uh, it, it, it was a spiritual reality and analogy for us as there are two nations in your womb. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking about Edom and Israel. Yeah. Um, now, it's interesting, um, a lot of Calvinists, use this illustration in Romans 8. Nine. Uh, Romans 9 as, a, as to teach predestination. Yeah. But it's totally dishonest mm -hmm. because it's talking about nations, not individual salvation. God was prophesying. Malachi quotes it. Um, Jacob, how I love Esau, how I hate it. Right. But he's That's going right. back to Genesis 25. Malachi mm -hmm. is giving the comment on 25 of Genesis. So to apply 
individual salvation in Romans 9 is absolutely dishonest. It's completely out of context. He's dealing with two nations, Edom and Israel. Israel. That is really interesting because yes. that is a favorite scripture. Absolutely. Of the extreme Calvinist. Absolutely. You know, wild. Well, even the moderate three point, <laughs> they use that very dishonest. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it's kind of a spiritual high point for Rebecca, though, because it's really prophetic. Right. You know, she's speaking right. about, you know, ages to come, these two nations. Yeah. Coming One out will be stronger world. than the other. Amen. The older shall serve the younger, uh, the scriptures tell us. It's interesting how the Lord tells people what to expect, you know, in, in this situation as he speaks to them. He, they, he gives them specific direction about yeah. what's coming. Do you think the Lord does that for us today, Pastor X? Well... We don't have direct prophetic dealings with God today in this way. In terms in this way, okay. God is dealing with us with the um, the um, salvation history, mm -hmm. and I is working it out. And God can deal with an individual specifically as a person seeks the Lord in intercession regarding their marriage, their own personal lives. And God can speak to them and guide them. And he will use the scriptures to minister unto them. Amen. The reality of, of, of the event or the context of the passage with personal application. But that's the individual's relationship with the Lord that will do that. Amen. It does, you can't contort the context of what it's originally teaching. But God can speak to me and make, give that to me for my situation. Yes. But I'm the one responsible. If I say God did it and it's not God, I'm the one that's wrong. <laughs> that's right. But it's interesting, though, too. You actually have to invest some time sure. with the Lord in order right. to get a response and direction from him. Yeah. Do you think when we look at, for instance, here, the book of Genesis, that we over-romanticize the stuff? Do we think that, you know, God's just speaking to these people every day and every time they offer yeah. sex? Yeah, we if, we, if we really looked at the timeline to any account that we see in Scripture, mm -hmm. it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. Just like today, you know, I read my Bible every day, I study and all that, um, but God doesn't speak, now He speaks to me through the Word. In other words, I comprehend and understand what's going on, the significance of the spiritual uh, reality and the opposition of the flesh and the evil world and all that. Amen. But for for God to speak to me personally is not always no. to direct me and guide me in certain things. The Word of God guides me. Yeah. If God never spoke to me personally, I would not need that. I have the Word of God to Amen. guide me. That's right. In obedience. That's yeah. why we're to study the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're very fortunate, you know, yeah. to have the Scripture be in a situation where our government uh, doesn't inhibit us from worshiping and spending time in Scripture. So far. So far, so good. Yeah. Amen. That's absolutely right. So, again, Jacob shows up all over the Scripture. It's kind of interesting how these, these twins were named. Uh, they the, first, the firstborn is uh, Esau. Esau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And her son... Her son Jacob would be the third patriarch, which is important. Right. He said the God of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Esau. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because the Muslims take Ishmael rather than Isaac yes. and distort the scriptures also. Mm -hmm. So God is very clear that Edom is a type of the flesh, the perennial enemy of Israel. Jacob gets his name changed to Israel. Yeah. And it is the nation that he blesses and he deals with. 
so you find the three patriarchs that are important. His name um, is found 375 times in the Bible. Pretty okay. significant. Uh, more numerous um, in the book of Genesis, 184 times. And his name is found um, the least in the book of Leviticus, one time. But uh, his name is all over the place. Um, 40 times in Isaiah, 33 in Psalms. Um, the name is found 24 times in the New Testament. And his name is used in various ways. The house of Jacob, the God of Jacob, my servant Jacob, the king of Jacob. Um, his grandfather was Abraham and his father was Isaac. That's um, not even counting the name Israel. Right, right. So that's just right. Jacob. That's just Jacob. That's pretty so, impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so his, his brother is born first. And he's red and hairy all over. Right. I'm not, and, I don't know what to And again, that. many of the names in the Old Testament, <laughs> as we look at it, they, they, they refer to the event of their birth sometimes. Right. Or yes. character. One of the two. So his birth, uh, um, uh, the first one being red and hairy. So <laughs> Edom, Edom means uh, he was a red hair. Red, okay, yes. And hairy. Yeah. And the second... Um, Heel catcher, he was holding Esau's heel, yeah, and uh, and, and and came out. You know what I mean? And yeah. so they name him heel catcher, um, but literally it also means deceiver, conniver, flimflam, yeah, um, supplanter, you know? yeah, supplanter. Yeah, yeah. And so he's Always very working an clever, working an angle, yeah, yeah. a flimflam yeah. man. Yeah, um, mm. it so it describes this character of deceit. Uh, so Jacob is the first focus on his name is that he's a deceitful man, hmm. and if, if you look at the heart of man, Jeremiah seventeen nine says the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. This is the character of all people without the Lord, mm -hmm. regardless of how moral or ethical a person may think they are or literally are. The potential of um, of evil character, of deceit, is in the heart of man. Amen. The very nature of man. Yeah, people looking out for their own interests. Yeah. And that's certainly, that's what, that was what Jacob was doing. I, I, so I guess these two, these twin brothers, it's interesting, they talk about Esau as the elder, but unless you, you think about it, they're right. twins. Right, They were right, born right. the same day. Right, right, right. And they couldn't have been more different. Right. Like my wife, she had a twin, you know, they're just minutes apart. Yeah. You know, but someone's got to come first. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in the ancient world, firstborn's a big deal. Right, right. Yeah. Right. It makes a big difference. So the boys grew up differently. Esau was a skillful hunter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, a man of the field, and therefore his dad favored him. Yeah. And then Jacob, he was a mild man, a dweller in tents. And so his mom favored him, which again, um, uh, it, 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 it creates and multiplies the deceitful and evil nature of man. Whenever you have parents who do favor their children, they, they provoke them to jealousy, to anger. I think that's right. Um, when they uh, favor them uh, or they step in for them of, of the other one, they're teaching their children how to be more evil than they, mm -hmm. they, they are at that point. Mm -hmm. And so we as parents are to model the example of Christ yeah. Even though we have the potential for sin nature and to be jealous, envious, argumentative, or violent, or whatever, that we are to be spirit-controlled, to allow the Spirit of God to deal with us, that what we bring forth is that which glorifies God. 
never sinless, never perfect, but we have the potential to be able to hit that mark. Amen. And so Amen. our children reap the benefit of what God has done in our lives as parents. As we go through Genesis and look at the life of Jacob, you see his character really does come to the surface. The, the negative yeah. aspects yeah. of who he is really come yeah. out. The nature of deceit. He's an opportunist. Right. Yeah, that's the Absolutely. thing. Uh, Esau is a man who lives for his appetites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob was the, uh, uh, saw the opportunity to get over his brother um, regarding his birthright. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seems like he had to plan yeah. that out. Yeah, and, and the birthright is a big thing. We, yeah, people today yeah. in our culture right. would never understand that, I think. But if you look at the Bible, God didn't always choose the firstborn. No, it's interesting how he does that. Huh? So, you know, though the law gave preference to the firstborn and a bigger portion, yes. God rarely chose the firstborn. How exactly did that work with firstborn, uh, Pastor X, if you were going to inherit a child? Well, you had two kids. They would get a double portion. They get twice as twice much as, as the yeah, other and child. the other one gets, you know, he divided up, whatever it is. Okay. Um, we have the um, parable of the prodigal son. Uh, yes. We had two sons. Whether the one that asked for his portion was firstborn, now we don't know. But, uh, but that's the way it would work out. Hmm. And yet again here... Um, he saw, um, he saw that opportunity, but again, God knew all that was going to happen. Sometimes we get into this whole thing. Well, you know, God predestined this. No, He didn't predestine this. Right. God doesn't predestine people to do evil. Amen. Okay. So if you're a Calvinist, you've got a big problem with the decrees and predestination of God in every aspect. And God is if, holy. If, right. If you believe that nothing can happen apart from the decrees of God then you make God responsible for every act of evil Amen. that goes on in the world. Yeah. It's a problem, okay? But if you believe that God created man the image and likeness of God with a free moral agency and once the fall came in, that is the dominant trait of man, sinfulness, yeah. and that the new birth allows him to become Christ-like while still having the sin nature. He has a free will. He has a choice now to choose what he's going to do, good or evil. God doesn't do that. God doesn't force people to do good. He doesn't force people to do evil. But he commands and directs and is there to enable the way of escape of evil, if man will take it. Amen. Now, a Calvinist can never give man the free will. No. For a Calvinist, free will does not exist. Yeah, because in their minds, it contradicts That's God's right. sovereignty. That's right. Yeah. Okay, but they misunderstand and misdefine sovereignty of God. Yes, yeah. And so his omniscience um, yields to his foreknowledge. Omniscience, he can't learn, he can't uh, be surprised, he can't be disappointed. And foreknowledge is just what the Word says, knowledge Knowing beforehand. beforehand. Yeah. So when he declared that Judas Iscariot was going to betray Jesus, it doesn't mean that God forced or predestined or, or caused determined him. Yeah. causing him to do this by force against his will. It means that God knew what he would do and he declared it before it happens or when it happens, you know, it's God. Yes. It's real simple. You, otherwise, you malign the attributes of God, his character and his holiness which Calvinists don't think through. Yeah. It's heresy. Or at least it doesn't bother them for it's some reason. It's absolute heresy. I don't know. Yes. You, you, you have to think, though, that if you read the Scripture objectively, 
that you're going to see. And there are scriptures that people can use to support either perspective. But if you read the scripture objectively, you're going to see that right. the free will of mankind is the problem. Sure. Um, Peter 1.2 says that God predestined us um, for knowledge. According to his foreknowledge. According to his That's foreknowledge. Right. Yeah. So foreknowledge, again, doesn't mean decree, doesn't mean um, predetermined. Mm -hmm. It means that he knew who's going to accept him, who's going to respond, who's not going to respond. Because God gives man free will to choose to be saved and repent. He doesn't force people to repent. Amen. If, if he did, then how could he justify sending people to hell? Well, yeah. He'd have a big problem with his attributes and his holiness. He's, he had to redefine justice in yeah, there somehow right, or another. That's right. crazy. Very important. Yeah. So we see Jacob's sinful character, his yeah. opportunism come out with his brother. He, uh, as you said, he, he uh, connived and, and finagled him out of his birthright. Yeah, yeah. Also says something about Esau, though, sure, doesn't it? Sure, Esau sure. didn't really care. He didn't care about the spiritual rights. Yes. So there are a lot of people who come to church or may uh, come to the Lord in jail or whatever it is, and they see the immediate benefit, yeah. but they're not really concerned about the long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. And um, Esau is a carnal man, a man of the flesh, a man for, you know, what I can see, what I can touch, what I can taste, uh, <laughs> what I want. Um, Jacob begins like that and pretty bad guy, but he, God knows he's going to trust him and come to the end of himself. And that's important. It's interesting that you described Esau as being a man who is driven by his appetites. I was just thinking about that. Esau has actually, he has two wives yeah. before Jacob ever gets married. Right. So that's, uh, that's kind of an, right, right. an interesting indicator and, for him. And, and he sells his birthright for a pot of pottage. Yeah. I hope it was good. And crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lentils. Now, Jacob. Very healthy, but uh, not that important. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob the conniver. Do you think he got some of these uh, character traits from his mom? Absolutely. <laughs> she was a piece of work. 23 chromosomes, daddy and mommy. Everything we are. Like I tell people from the pulpit, the problem with your children is, is they live with you and they're your children. I only have them here three hours a week. The Amen. problem is they live with you. Yes. And so the children are a byproduct of their parents, genetically everything else, and the habits and everything else. They live with them. They see, they hear uh, for 18, 21 years. Yes. I mean, a lot of the planning was her idea, right? The, right, right. The, the whole yeah. thing. The whole yeah, thing. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. pretty creative. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She heard she, Isaac tell Esau, that um, to go hunting and get a game, you know, yeah. so he can bless him yes. there in Genesis 27. Right. And um, so she steps in and she tells Jacob, you know, hey, listen, I'll dress you up as, you know, you got to go and get the blessing. I'll dress you up like your brother, you know, after he, after he says, I can't do that. My brother's hairy. I'm not. And she contrives it all. And she says, you know, the day, the, the curse be upon me. Yeah. That's easy to say. Easy to say. Thinking that, that you know, it, and, and, Jacob goes along with it, so he, she's not forcing him. But you see the favoritism, the loyalty mm -hmm. that leads you to be, be and do bad things because of the one asking you yes. or the one suggesting it. Where some a complete stranger asks you to do something, you say, no way. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But, but your mom or your dad, right. who perhaps yes. you hold real dear, you're more prone to be 
honorable to them in that way, mm -hmm. respecting them, mm -hmm. which is wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's no greater uh, parental abuse of love than to manipulate children to do what the parent wants at the expense of the ethical, moral, or yeah. happiness of the child. Yeah. This is done in, in many, many cultures. Happens all the time. Mexican culture, Filipino cultures that are matriarchal in control. Yeah, tragic to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah but, that, but then again, you know, once Jacob gets involved in this process, he's going to deceive his dad. Right. It also kind of leads, you, leads me to believe that Rebecca was wearing the pants in the family. Right, right, Her right, opinion, right. her perspective. I, I'm in this whole narrative here, Xavier, in, in, in Genesis, nothing happens in that community that she doesn't hear about. Right, right. Every word that is uttered in private, yeah. she knows about. Yeah. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so Jacob goes along, and do you think he knew it was wrong? Jacob? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How ja could he not? Jacob knew it all along. Yeah. Uh, both of them are guilty. Um, again, she says, let the curse be upon me. Right. It's just tongue-in-cheek without knowing that it would be upon her because yeah. she never sees her son again. Never again. Amen. She's only for a couple of days. Leave until they anger yeah. your brother, but yeah. she never saw him again. It's interesting to me how, you know, when you, when you get involved in, in something that is contrary to the Lord, how that the consequences mount up that you know and, and here jacob gets in there and he's pretending to be his brother and all of a sudden he's involving the lord in right. the deception yes, yes, you know yes. how is it that you got this game so quickly right right right, right. <laughs> yeah well again uh he's learned from his mom yeah she she has a plan and and uh justification for everything and he tells his father that very reason they just said you know the lord just brought the game to me so you're questioning your mom's intent first, and then you buy into it. And then as you're there deceiving your father, you know, you're throwing the Lord mm -hmm. as part of your sinful plan. Yes. While you're knowing you're deceiving your father because he can't see you. And as you know, he says, come near me so I can smell you and feel you. And he feels all this. And you know what I mean? Smells Esau's uh, clothes. Yeah, right. You know? So... Um, <laughs> Again, she, Rebecca, didn't respect her husband. No. Didn't honor her husband. That's right. She also, both of them, Isaac and, 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 uh, and Isaac and Rebecca, both knew directly from God that Jacob was going to be the one God was going to bless. Yeah. Now, we will never know how God would have accomplished that yeah. because of their sinfulness because of their human devices now it didn't alter the ultimate purpose of god no but it sure brought a lot of heartache and pain to that family yeah and long term wise through esau a perennial enemy edom against israel yeah yeah the type of the flesh and so we, we see again the sovereignty of God, but sovereignty never means he forces people to do anything. No. People have a free will, but we will never know how God would have accomplished that. Mm -hmm. Sort of, as you mentioned before about Ishmael yeah. and Isaac, right? how the Lord would have blessed Abraham 
and even the Jewish nation there again without the Arabic, you know, without antagonism. Abraham and, and Sarah stepping into it. Yes. He was going to give them a baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they shortcut it. Might have been 13 years earlier. And they added her to the <laughs> nation of Israel to the yeah. present day. Yeah. To this day, huh? And Do you think so, the same thing could be said of like Samson, you know? Oh, goodness. You know, had he not... Samson's kind of a train wreck, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, like we are saying, we'll never know had he not disobeyed in his lifestyle. That's right. You right. know, how things, how God might have worked things out. Right. When well, you look at the Nazarites in Scripture, here's Samson, a Nazarite. Samuel's a Nazarite. John the Baptist. God's trying to do yeah. something through these particular individuals. Mm -hmm. right. And you've got you to gotta think God had much greater things right. for Samson. Right. Mm -hmm. and, but again, the important thing is to be able to see the free will of each person, either to obey or disobey. Mm -hmm but that the ultimate purposes of God are not going to be thwarted. Yeah. Now, that's a great favorite phrase of Calvinists. And they use Romans 8 again. Okay? Nothing can separate from the love of God. Boom, 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 boom. Go through it all. Right. Okay? But the thing is that the ultimate purpose of God will never be altered, but it doesn't mean that individual lives are not destroyed. Yeah. Okay? And so God, and because God has said it forth, he knows what's going to happen. God knows who's going to accept him. God knows who's going to reject him. God knows who, who's going to do what evil, how, what degree of evil, how many people it's going to affect, how many of those people that devastated are going to turn to God and find the Lord and those that aren't. Amen. He knows all those things. We don't know. No. But don't think that the ultimate purpose of God are predetermined so that there's no free will or consequences to that. The Bible contradicts all that. It gives evidence of, of, of the consequences yes, and individual choices. Very clearly. Very important. Yeah. Amen. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we will be right back with you talking about Jacob, the patriarch, in a few minutes after these messages. In the new doctrinal series of the Bible, just released by Pastor Xavier Reese, you'll discover answers to these questions and so much more. In this brand new USB flash drive and MP3 audio format, you'll find over 50 messages included from a sermon series entitled, What About? You'll hear these full-length messages answering numerous questions about God, the scriptures, and the Christian faith. It's the What About Doctrinal Series of the Bible, available now for just $19.99 plus shipping from the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. It's a PC-Mac compatible MP3 audio USB flash drive from Pastor Xavier Reese from his What About Doctrinal Series for just $19.99 plus shipping. Available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese and the beast behind the ivory cage. We put bits into horses' mouths and we turn their whole body wherever you want. How much more the tongue is so little? And yet, if you don't give your tongue to God for Him to control it, then it will control you. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said, and the rain fell 
and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Rees says, by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. The need for strong family relationships has never been as crucial as it is today. And Pastor Xavier Rees offers a series of studies on marriage and the family, underlying the necessary ingredients called for in a healthy home, such as the source of joy in marriage, Christian submission, God's role for men, God's role for women, even God's role for children, and so much more. It's Pastor Xavier's Marriage and the Family series, available now in the Calvary Chapel Pasadena online store as an audio CD album for $32 or convenient MP3 disc for just $10, containing 12 messages in all of God-honoring practical insights from Scripture. Whether you're new to the faith, newly married, wishing to start a family perhaps, or just want to realign yourself with God's divine plan for your marriage and family, this collection assembles key biblical teachings that endure the test of time. Stop by the online store today at calvarychapelpasadena.com for the Marriage and the Family audio CD album or MP3 disc. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. you're back with us here at Keep It Simple today with Pastor Xavier discussing the life of the patriarch Jacob from the book of Genesis. John, we want to encourage people to contact us as we have opportunity, and they can leave messages a couple of different ways. Yes, they can do that um, through email, good old-fashioned email, simpletruths at ccpas.com. Shoot us an email. We, um, I think we get most questions through email, actually. Okay. Yeah, most people just like using that. And um, you never know, Pastor Xavier may answer one of your questions on one of our live uh, episodes. Can they also message us on uh, YouTube or Facebook? Yes, they can do that as well. Uh, when we go live on Facebook or YouTube in the little comments field, yeah, or in the chat on, on uh, YouTube as well. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they can do that as well. And we, we appreciate yeah. the interaction. Let people know. Feel free. Uh, don't be shy. Amen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Pastor X, as we're talking about Jacob here, and we just kind of summarized the situation where he was um, encouraged by his mother to go in and deceive his dad, pretend to be his brother. It's kind of interesting to me because both this situation where he's going to receive the blessing and the birthright not things that we culturally we really relate to right, today. Right. We don't we don't see like you know okay what's the big deal with this blessing? His father's going to pray for him. He's going to bless him. But to these people, this was huge. Sure. And, and again, because God's behind it. Yes. God is the one that sought out Abraham, called him out of the Ur Chaldees to separate himself from his family, his people. He would make a nation of him, and him and him all the families of the earth would be blessed. Yes. I mean, Jew and Gentile. 
Jew in the Old Testament, and then Jew and Gentile, one in the New Testament. And so the divine blessing really is from God. And so when Abraham or Isaac or Jacob would declare something, yeah. it was in line with what God had declared as the agents of God's blessing. And so uh, his father uh, blessed uh, Jacob with rain in Genesis 27, verse mm -hmm. 28. Um, rain to us seems, oh, well, that's significant because we can turn out the, the holes, the tap, the home. Yeah. But rain was everything, crops, abundance, yes. everything else. Right now, um, Governor Newsom has uh, cut off water to the San Joaquin Valley. The farmers can't get no water, not because there isn't water, but they're afraid of a fish, right? Just like uh, it was years back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you destroy farmland while you're, you're allowing water, millions of gallons to be, go out to the ocean yeah. rather than to the farmers. That's ridiculous. That's criminal. These people need to study Israel, don't yeah, they? Yeah, criminal. You know? And so his father blessed Jacob with the servanthood uh, of all towards him in yes. verse 29. Yeah. People would serve him. Uh, nations would bow down to him. His mother's sons would uh, bow down to him. His father cursed everyone who would curse him. And his father blessed those who blessed him. Yes. And so this is directly from heaven. This is not his dad blessing him. This is his dad declaring the blessings of God upon him. That's the important thing. Amen. When, as a, as a person, let's say I'm not even a believer, Pastor X, and yet I acknowledge the word of God. Blessed are those who bless you, cursed are those who curse you. Right. And I uh, conduct myself in a way towards the nation Israel, the descendants of Jacob. Yeah in a way that is favorable towards them. We recognize Israel's not a, a nation of perfect sure. people. There are a lot of things that are out of whack with Israel and uh, political things, all kinds of stuff. But because of an acknowledgement of the word of God, I conduct myself in a way that's favorable towards Israel. Is God gonna bless my life because of that? Sure, God sees, sees that person as one with him Amen. in many ways. Again, not going along with the evil that Israel would do. And you have to look at the condition of Israel right now. Israel right now is not the nation of Israel or the, um, the chosen remnant right. as of yet. Um, for the most part, Israelis are secular Jews. Yes, a lot except, of atheism. Except yeah. for the Orthodox, mm -hmm. they're the religious group. Okay, um, So much so that the Orthodox don't believe they have any right to be a nation until the Messiah comes. Mm -hmm. um, but um, God says that those that bless you, I will bless them. So those who see God's plan for Israel ultimately and that they are the people of God. Not every Jew, as Paul declares in Romans chapter uh, 9, 10, and 11, he goes through them. Yeah. The blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile comes in. And so um, God's hand is upon the nation of Israel, his nation. Not every Jew, but the remnant that he will save during the tribulation, great tribulation. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, and so it doesn't mean he ignores their sin. It doesn't mean that he is permissive with his sin. It means that he knows who are going to turn to him just as he knows who is going to turn to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And so when I see God's uh, revelation of his plan 
about the nation of Israel, then I agree with him. I hold fast to that. The majority of churches today, Christian colleges and seminaries, they teach what is called replacement theology. Replacement theology is, uh, in fact, believes that God is through with the nation of Israel. That's what they teach. And then now the church is spiritual Israel. It has replaced Israel. Mm -hmm. And so every blessing, every promise of the Old Testament is applied to the Christian, which is completely crazy. Yeah. First I'm of all, because the context is important. If you take those blessings and the context of it, it can never apply to the Christian. No. Now, in principle, some of those blessings and protections may be found in the New Testament, mm -hmm. but you can't apply those Old Testament things to the new believer, uh, I mean to the believer in Christ Jesus. And so it's important, and there's a big distinction between the wife of Yahweh, which is Israel, mm -hmm. who has been married to God, who has been unfaithful to God, who has been put away by divorce by God, who will be reconciled back to God by the remnant at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Mm -hmm. That is quite distinct from the bride of Christ, who is a virgin looking for a wedding. Yeah. Jew and Gentile, one. The remnant is all Jew. And so if you don't make the distinction, then you have the teaching of replacement theology, which does violence to Scripture, to prophecy, to the context of the God's Word, and it's absolutely heresy. Yeah. And this was, gosh, for 1,500 years, this was yeah. the prominent theology yeah. because there was no nation Israel. Right. And uh, people, and I think a lot of it started, you know, from the time of Martin Luther. Right, right. And a lot of that comes from the Catholic Church. Yes. Because of the animosity towards the Jew because the Jew crucified Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the Catholic Church is very anti-Semitic. Uh, the yeah. Pope was very well in accord with Hitler. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, helped them in many ways. Yeah. Got many of the um, Third Reich out to Mexico, South well, Central America. The CIA helped with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've true. got a lot of things going on. Uh, unfortunately. So we have Jacob going through this situation, deceives his father, and he gets this, this blessing. Esau shows up late, and he's just heartbroken, and he, he, he gets his father to give him you know, a second-class blessing of some sort. But then, yeah. you know, it becomes evident that... Do we expect to see the consequences of this deception in Ab Jacob's absolutely. life? Absolutely. You can't uh, get away from it. In Genesis 27, 30 through 35, he sowed seeds of deceit yeah. and betrayal. His father uh, trembled exceedingly when he um, heard the voice of Esau in the tent. Bless me, my father. Who are you? I'm your son Esau. Bless me. And wow, he realized he had been deceived by his son Jacob. Yeah. What a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. So he sowed the seeds of jealousy, envy, and murder. Genesis 27, 36-41, Esau declared that, he, um, that it wasn't right for uh, Jacob to have that. Yeah. I mean, he had sold his birthright already. He didn't care about it. But he, he, he understood the significance of it. Now he wanted it back. And Jacob declared to Esau that he, um, in fact, had made Jacob the servant, his servant. He had to serve Jacob now. Yeah. So he had already blessing. blessed Jacob all the blessings. He couldn't give two blessings. Whatever he had said, he had declared it was going to be. 
and the blessing was that uh, uh, that he gave to um, Esau was really a cursing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was going to serve his brother. His blessing would be few as the dew could produce. He would live by his sword. He would serve Jacob. He would break away from his birth in rebellion. Yeah. So there was consequence on both ends. We're going to see Jacob as we keep studying him. Um, that um, he also would reap great heartache yeah. um, because of his choices, his deception and all. And so Esau hated Jacob and was waiting patiently to kill him. Mm -hmm. um, all of this, again, goes back to his mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her and, responsibility. And the father because they favored each child. And so they kind of pit them against they one another. They pit them against one another. Yeah. They brought envy and jealousy in mm -hmm. them. So the uh, patriarchal homes were not congenial. They weren't perfect. They no. weren't sinless. Not by any means. Um, and, and that's important. It's interesting that um, Esau becomes very concerned for this blessing once he can't have it. And yeah. It's sort of like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wild. One of the things that just seems really tragic to me here is that Jacob is depending upon him himself, his own ability right. to right. bring this about. Yeah. He sold seeds of depending on man rather than God. Yeah. And that's the problem. They're in chapter 27, 42 to 46. His mother comes to his rescue again as uh, she learns about Esau's attempt to, he's going to kill him as soon as the death of his father. Uh, she's very resourceful. His mother had that second plan to patch up the first plan that she said, let the curse be upon me. Now it's a whole different matter. She once again demanded complete obedience. She wanted Jacob to flee to her brother Laban's house uh, in Haran. And she thought it would be only for a few days but it would be well over 20 years. Right, yeah. She would never see him again. Um, and she said, just until, you know, your brother forgets about what went on and all that, uh, kind of leaning on him when she's the culprit. Yes. The primary culprit. Now, Jacob is responsible for his actions, but she's the instigator. You know, when, when if there's a murder and someone... Um, is discussing with somebody says, "Hey, we we need to kill this guy, you know. And we, why don't you do this and that? And 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 this person plots it all out, and someone else ex executes the murder. When they go to court, that person who contrived it all, they're as guilty as the murderer. Absolutely. Okay, if yeah. not more so, mm -hmm. because it was them that instigated the person to make that action. Yeah. So the same thing here, no different. Yeah. Um, uh, she then would uh, send for him afterwards, but once again." Um, she would never see him again. Yeah, she's a she's yeah. the victim of her own scheming. Yeah, yeah. and how many way. people, uh, even in the Lord, who have done things like this and have reaped uh, tragic consequences, thinking that it was it would be insignificant or just you know I just won't let this person know I won this this and that. It can happen to husband and wife. It can happen mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, whatever it is, and uh, it, it becomes a lifetime of misery. Yes. And real tragedies. Yeah. And it and interesting for Esau and Jacob because I mean they're not gonna see it in, right. in, in the moment right. in real time, but their lives are gonna become nations. Right. These people are gonna become even though Jacob and his family are eventually gonna wind up in Egypt for four hundred yeah. years, Esau is gonna marry into 
uh, the nobility and the royalty in Mount Seir right. and eventually take over that whole area to the east of Israel. And for the next thousand years, right. these people are going to be involved in a conflict yeah. one way and another. You go back to Genesis, you know. It's all right there. Cain and Abel. Amen. Okay. Amen. There's only saints and ain'ts. Yeah. That's all. You know, hopefully you die as a saint and not as an ain't. Amen. But um, again, the, uh, it's just the nature of man um, uh, looking out for self, depending on self rather than God. Um, yeah. One of the greatest things that happens when a person sees their sinfulness and office against God as forgiveness and God begins to work in their life and they trust the Lord. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything. We use common sense. We do what we have to do. But we're looking for God, asking for wisdom, direction, and guidance that, that God would direct and guide our steps. That's a big difference. Uh, if not, then you, you are the captain of your own ship, Yeah, so to speak. Very, yeah. very dangerous. And the world is very, very uh, uh, inept to that. Yeah. It promotes it. Uh, the whole self-esteem from the 70s on, mm -hmm. the late 60s, looks where it's got us. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's awesome in watching the lives of believers and, and in your own life. You see how that people don't have to go to amazing lengths in order to get God's input into their lives. You know, if, if I'm willing to humble myself yeah. and just ask for God's help and direction, uh, the Lord is faithful. Sure. God will show sure. up. He's God merciful. provides. Yeah. He looks at the heart. Yeah. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outwardness. He knows who's really sincere, who's not sincere. He knows who's going to trust him, who's not going to trust him. Yeah. He understands all that. And the issues of my life that may seem... You know, it's so easy to look at your life and think, well, God's not interested in this. No. You know, he's not concerned with me needing to buy a new car or getting my car fixed sure. or mm -hmm. all these other situations. But that's not true. Right. You know, the right. Lord is right there. Right. And God's working on both ends. Yeah. I mean, um, Isaac and Rebecca paid a price. Yeah. I'm sure that after Jacob left and Esau goes marries some of the non-believing uh, relatives, um, they weren't very happy. No. I don't think that Jacob and, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Isaac and Rebecca uh, had a very loving relationship. Doesn't seem like. Okay. Yeah. Seems like there was a problem. Maybe at the honeymoon and shortly after. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it wasn't a very affectionate, a very intimate relationship. And this didn't help it. No. And while this is going on back here, back at the ranch, God is aware of what's going to be going on with Jacob at Uncle Laban's house. Amen. University of Uncle Laban. Yeah, Uncle he, Laban's he, going to teach him <laughs> That's something. exactly what it was. Okay. Too. He learned. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and God understood all that. And so there was no, no, no uh, texting. There was no FaceTime. There was nothing. No. You know, you didn't see these people. They're gone. You don't know what's happening. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. But God's in control, and, yeah. and people need to be responsible towards that. It's interesting, too, because Rebecca, who, to some extent, she's the real villain in this situation. Right. She's the instigator. Yeah. You know, all of the trouble and the difficulty that Jacob is planting in his own life is yeah. because of his mother's insistence. Yeah. And God just miraculously erases her from the narrative after this situation. Yeah. After her son leaves, mm -hmm. poof, She's yeah. gone. Yeah. She's yeah. kind of a classic film noir uh, villain. Yeah, yeah, the femme fatale. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah pretty terrible situation. Yeah. 
The Lord is so good to us, Pastor yeah, X. You know, yeah. we're grateful for the witness of Scripture, you know, and I, I keep thinking of uh, the verse in Romans chapter 15. You know, these things are written for our, our learning. Our learning. Yes, and absolutely. through patience, you know, as we invest ourselves in yes. the Scriptures, yes. the Lord brings it yeah. up. Yeah, and again, everything is written for that. And so, again, but the importance of the context as we look at it, to make sure that we're learning from the history uh, and God's, see God's hand upon those individuals and what he's trying to do with that nation I he's bringing about in spite of the opposition of man and circumstance situations. But that God is greater than these things because he knows what's going to happen. But uh, while again, giving to man the free will of choice. Um, for anything to be valued or for anything to be uh, applauded, there must be free volition. Yeah. If, if you force a woman to marry you, you're not going to be complimenting her at your honeymoon of how, how grateful you are that she chose to marry you. <laughs> you forced her. That's right. Okay? Yeah. But when that woman chooses by her own free will to commit her life to you, and you yourself know how fortunate you are, then you express that because... Yeah. She exercised her free will. And that's the important thing to God. Yeah. As people exercise their free will because they love Him, because He first loved us. Yeah. And it's a love relationship. And that's what's important. The Lord is so yeah. good. And it is so important for us to choose to seek the Lord. Yes. And you know, that goes for whether it's reading the scripture or going to church or spending time in prayer. You know, it's it, it, who has time to spend time in prayer? Yeah. You know, everybody that you know is busy, yeah. but yet where's the priority? What's important to you? Right. And if it is important, I, I manage to find time to do things that are important. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And again, as part of you, you have to, you know, you have to get, get into good habits. Yes. And not to be mechanical or anything, but I read the Word of God daily and I, you know, I study also and I pray. And there are certain times when I will pick up my Bible in the morning and read my passages or chapters or whatever it is. Uh, and then there's um, the rest of the day I study so I can be able to teach the people of God. Um, I, I pray um, at different times, and I, I'm in an attitude of prayer as I'm studying. Amen. Um, as a Christian, our, our, our prayer line is open 24-7. Um, e even in, in our sleep, um, you know, I mean, when I was first young in the Lord, you know, I hear these People, men of God who walk with God for a long time and, and they share how this would happen in their sleep. And, and it, as the older you are in your sleep, you, you see yourself dealing with God or, or the scriptures or mm -hmm. whatever because it's your life. And God uses all that mm -hmm. completely. And uh, you're not dealing with the things of the world, though your sinful nature is still there, your carnal mind is still there, you yeah. have to work in the dead put it away, you have to bring your thoughts captive, you have to put on the whole armor of God, you have to do good battle and end up standing. Um, that won't end until the day I give up my last breath. Amen. But I'm looking to God, I'm depending on Him. I realize that in me there's not one good thing. I realize that if I trust myself, I'll only bring pain and destruction to me and to others. Um, and that uh, I have to live with those consequences. I, uh, we don't mean to say that we live in condemnation. There's no condemnation. Yeah. But we do have to live with some regrets. Amen. Because we know the, 
the, the, the costly price that others have paid for our stupidity, yeah. for our choices. Yeah. And all we can do is express our, our forgiveness, that we would ask them to forgive us, and that we had to do it all over again. We and we look to the grace of God. We can't undo anything. We can't Amen. redo. All we can do is ask for forgiveness and impart forgiveness mm -hmm. and know that Christ is sufficient for that. And with a man meant for evil, God will turn it for good. Amen. If we see it through the eyes of God, if we don't see it through the eyes of God in the scriptures, then everything goes bad. Yeah. Absolutely everything yeah. goes bad. Nothing yeah. good. So maybe you're out there today and you're listening and you're saying, well, you know, this guy is kind of a rat. I wouldn't have put him in the Bible or anything. But, you know, um, it could be you <laughs> because you are a sinner also. Yeah. And so if you're out there, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we pray that you open your heart to him and uh, realize that he does love you. He died for you. He, he died in your place. He paid the price of your sin that you can never do yourself. And if you believe that he did that, then you can call upon him and ask him to forgive you for your sins, to give you a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind. He's going to give you the word of God so you can understand, so you can grow, you can be his child. Um, a simple prayer, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Give me a brand new heart. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. By grace through faith, now he's made you born again. Now, final church is going to teach you the Word of God, not entertain you, not move you by your emotions, but to teach you the Word of God. Second of all, make sure you study the Word of God. Third, make sure you pray, talk to God constantly. Shoot those prayers up to Him, those questions, everything else. And as you study, as you pray, as you join yourself, with God's people, the church, then make sure you are the church, not just going to church. And God will bless you. God will direct you. God will guide you. And He will use you to reach others who are lost, just like you were, pull you out of that fire. And God will uh, empower you and be with you all the time. And as we look at the time, we see that the day is very evil and that the Lord is but at the door. We're looking for the Lord's soon return. That's the way Christians should be living. In such a time as you think not, the Son of Man comes. And so keep it simple. Don't let people confuse you. Go to the Word of God and allow God to direct your steps constantly. And every time a pastor teaches, open your Bible. Examine the context. Ask the questions. If you don't understand something, Walk up to that pastor and ask him, what did you mean by this? How does this fit in this? No pastor should be upset at any question. He should clear it up and explain it to that person. Amen. If a pastor will not take questions from you, and I know by big numbers you can't, he can't meet everybody, but if he won't, leave that church. Go find a church that's going to teach you and love you and be there for you. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. Keep it simple. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.